This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to another episode of Poetry in Motion with me, Neil Fitzmorris, and a stellar lineup. It's almost a full squad. Well, it's more than a full squad. We're normally <laughs> three-handed. We're four-handed today. I will introduce them from left to right. Um, first of all, on my left-hand side, a man who um, commentated on nine Olympics, <laughs> um, scored the first goal. No, I'm kidding. I, I, apparently, I introduced this next this next guy because he is a bit of a legend. He's the should we say he's the Gemma Collins of the Liverpool Echo? <laughs> <laughs> not quite as big. JP. He's, he's I not quite. I've lost a bit. No, no, she's bigger than the Beatles, apparently. Oh, okay. But if you put them all shoulder to shoulder, I think she's definitely wider. Um, <laughs> it's James Pierce. How are you, Piercey? Good to see you, Fitzy. I'm all right. Thanks yourself. We'll have to. I'm good, mate. I'm all right. We'll have to explain. Uh, when when we did the Blood Red live, which yep. we're doing next week, five tickets left. Get on board. Uh, when we did it last time, I Wikipedia James Pierce. And introduced him as someone who'd scored the first goal at Wem- the new Wembley <laughs> and somebody who'd commentated on eight Olympics. <laughs> Looking back, that's that's what, eight fours. That's a 32-year span. It shouldn't really have been. Uh, I've later found out that apparently people tell lies on Wikipedia. Isn't that weird? No. Well, that, 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 there is another James Pierce who was on BBC Sport for yeah. many years. and Who's more likely uh, to have done that? He has, who has definitely done that. Do you know what I loved about though, Piercy? You didn't deny any of it. You just sat there. You bathed in the glow of the of the adoration of the people in the room. Yeah, it all sounded good to me. That is fantastic. First goal at the new Wembley. I'll take I'm, that. I'm going to have to think of another one next week for you. Uh, immediately in front of me, uh, the very lovely and welcome. It's your debut. It's yeah. Kiva O'Neill. Hello, Kiva. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Good, good, good. Um, beautiful Irish name. But you've definitely a Scouse accent there. Yeah, from Birkenhead. So from Birkenhead. You know, not, not technically scarred. No, it's all right. Lean so. over and give me six. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's your signing on fee. It's a Bonobar. Oh. The legendary Bonobar. And the PSU, <laughs> nice you get yours as well. Dan doesn't get one because you're looking a little bit. Well, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm saying that. I, I was a late, late edition. You were a late edition. You were late. Ah, oh, that's oh, nice. They come in Isn't that lovely? Uh, so sharing the Bonobar with Kiva is the lovely Dan Kay. How are you, pal? I'm all the better for seeing you, mate. Thank you, mate. Welcome back. So it's a four and a lot to talk about. Liverpool Football Club have fallen apart, clearly, getting relegated. <laughs> Uh, let's just uh, let's just put a bit of common sense on this, shall we? Um, the last two games we'll talk about, uh, which are Leicester and West Ham, both games obviously uh, famous for because we drop points in them. Uh, but James, I'll start with you. Is there a problem at Liverpool Football Club? Is there? A, are we? Fo- are the wheels coming off, or is this just a little blip? It's a little blip. Yeah. The uh, you know I think sometimes you have to just take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And you know, there, there was a crazy amount of negativity around after the West Ham game you know yeah big disappointment of a performance I don't think anyone would make any excuses for that but um, you know if you'd said to anyone you know at that point in the season would you happy being three points clear at the the top of the table having lost one league game all season you know of course you'd have taken it against a a team as gifted and a squad as deep as Manchester City's Um, it's amazing how how, and football fans in general it's not just a Liverpool thing but it's amazing how football fans in general just sort of forget quite quickly don't they the fact that we were 24 points behind this team last season the fact that they had romped to the Premiership title with God knows how many games in hands were miles ahead of everyone and and have been trailing us and as an interesting stat somebody put on a a lovely thing This you've probably seen this it's been doing doing the rounds perception is a funny thing in football isn't it in the last 10 games City have dropped 12 points we've dropped 7 City have lost to 3 of the teams outside the top 6 we've drawn against 2 of them and yet Liverpool have fallen apart Kiva it is uh, it's a bit of mass hysteria at the moment isn't it yeah and that's like that tweet has just saved everyone's sort of feelings hasn't it because yeah. it just made you like you've been thinking what you know we knew that 
Man City were going to go to Everton and get all three points. We hope for something. Give them the duty. Put up a fist of it yeah, first half. Did, Definitely he? didn't even. I was getting behind, right behind. Yeah, I was them, as well. Yeah. yeah, I found myself cheering at one point. I was like, go on, go, go on. Then. It was well, one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, um, it's just annoying now that they're top. But obviously, we've got the chance to get back on top on uh, on Saturday. On Saturday. Which I think you know we'll do. The fans need to get right behind the team now, which is you know. That's also a message from um, Spying Cop 1906. Yeah, been doing the round, saying, you know, get, get, your in, band, there get in there, really yeah. get the atmosphere for Saturday. Let, let's get it going because, you know, we're in the driving seat. Yeah. The road might be long and might be a little bit bumpy, but yeah. we're the team. And there's plenty of potholes, but that's Joe Anderson's problem, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Dan, <laughs> just win all our games, we've won the league. Simple, isn't it? Simple as that, yeah. No brainer. You just sit back, light a cigar in there, put your feet up for me. I mean, <laughs> Without getting too deep and philosophical about it, what what things in life really worth having come without a bit of a struggle? Yeah. You know, winning leagues is not supposed to be easy. Um, anyone that, you know, 3rd of January we went to Man City, we could potentially have gone 10 points clear. But to be honest, even if we had have done, and, you know, some people saying this is the decide, if we go there, we finish City off. I never bought into that because... Three points for a win. I am generally a bit of a traditionalist, you know, with the whole against modern football thing. But one of the best changes they ever made was whenever it was 25, 30 odd years ago when they brought in three points for a win, which can make a big gap seem little very quickly. And I keep going back to the fact 2012, the first city title of the modern era. They went to Arsenal on Easter Sunday and lost 1-0. Arteta scored, Balotelli was sent off. And that meant that they were eight points behind United with six games to go. And they still had time to win it, lose it, almost lose it again against QPR on the last day and win it again. So it's a long, long road. Guardiola, I think, said it himself after the game last night. He doesn't think City are going to win every game for the end of, between now and the end of the season. Obviously, he hopes they do. And he doesn't think Liverpool will either. And neither do I. It's, it's a hard, hard season. But give me this so-called stress, so-called pressure any day yeah. as opposed to other seasons when we got to this point and it's like well we might get well many seasons many seasons that I can remember at this point going well that's the that's the season over with yeah. I mean and, and for all but three or four teams I would imagine that's how it feels and so uh, I absolutely am with you on that I'd rather have the stress of this so bearing in mind that's the optimistic view of things as well a couple of worrying points uh, one thing I'd like to ask you about James is because obviously you, you know you've got your finger on the pulse with a, a lot of Liverpool stuff um, the Nathaniel Klein Situation in that, do you not think it was a bit foolhardy? And will it be a huge bite on the arse come the end of the season? If it looks like we've let us, for instance, the West Ham game where we have to play James Milner, a midfield player in a right back position because we don't have a, a, a proper right back and we've just let an England international right back go to on loan. Bit of a weird one, that mate. Yeah, I mean, it is a strange one. I think. I must admit, at the time, I didn't have a problem with it because we'd all, you know, Trent was fit at the time, flying. You know, I think I know Klein came into the team didn't he, against was it United? United, United. And, and played really right. well. I did, he really, did. did better than all right, for considering yeah. he hasn't played I mean, much. I just don't think he offers much going forward, does he, no. Klein? You know, he's solid enough defensively, and um, and you know, the only thing that do you know what I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bash Klopp for letting Klein go because I think the, the major issue was that Klein was desperate to go he yeah, was no, the I, one I, pushing I, I, it yeah, I, and I, I just think that. I think the way that Klopp operates is if you're not on board if yeah, you don't want to be yeah. here then then go like and I think you've also you've got to like throw it back onto Klein's toes a little bit why why was he why would you want to leave when Liverpool are going for the uh, yeah, league title that's a good point and you know he, he knows how quickly things can change in football so I think you've got to question his motivation and his yeah. aspirations for wanting to leave and yeah with hindsight 
of, of course, Klopp should have kept Klein on board. But at the time, he felt, well, hang on a minute. You know, your attitude isn't great. You don't want to be here. I pride myself on this dressing room spirit, the camaraderie, the unity. If you're, if, if, if you're having you moping around, feeling sorry for yourself is going to jeopardise that, then, then you can go because I've got Trent. You know, I've got, I've got Fabinho that can play there. I've got Milner that can play there. I've got Gomez. Obviously, at the time, he thought Gomez would be back yeah. within a couple of weeks. So that, that, that's compounded it. So, you know, it's been... The problem is, is, has been the fact that, obviously, what, he lost Trent, then Milner got sent off. Um, then he's had this various issues. Henderson's had issues. Um, you know, it's, it's just been one thing after another. And then followed by the news that Gomez needed the surgery. Um, but... I mean, the only thing I would say is, could could Klopp have said to Klein, look, can we just leave it till later on in mm. the window? Did he have to sanction the loan mm. on, I think it was the 4th of January. It mm. was very early on in the window. Um, and just leave it till late on. Because I think also, if you know, you know, if Klein had known what was going to happen, then surely he would have wanted to have stayed yeah. put. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't... I wouldn't say it was a massive error of judgment. Yeah. And I, I just think it's been made to look a lot worse than it was just because of the, the sequence of events since. I think if anything, Kiva, what, what we're going through at the moment, um, um, less of a blip and more of a uh, of a stretch of squad, really, isn't it? Because if you look at the game, particularly against West Ham, uh, where we had Nappy Keita, who, you know, we're all desperate for him to, to click into gear. £54 million worth of promise. He looks like such a confidence footballer, doesn't he? He looks like I know they mostly are, but he looks like he 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 really needs a good couple of performances, and and he'll and he'll be flying. But because we really missed Gini Wijnaldum, then we really missed. I felt like a really good holding midfielder behind him uh, against West Ham. Yeah, I think Wijnaldum's been one of the players of the season, and it just showed on on um, against West Ham. That yeah. It just. There wasn't no sort of player doing that job, but I can't stress as much as we need to be patient with Keita. You know, yeah. he's coming for all this money. He did show glimpses of that, you know, on YouTube and stuff, what we saw. Well, even second half against West Ham, he was doing the runs that we wanted yeah. him to do. I mean, he, he, never, he never hit, did he? he no, he doesn't. Ball, he yeah. tried to make yeah. things happen. And just... he looks like he'll be a great link between between midfield and the front three, which is what we're, we're lacking. I think he just needs some time, really. And some like we've we've spoke before about the couple of, you know, against Leicester, if he wins that <clears> penalty or he manages to toe-poke it in. It's a totally different outlook if yeah. he gets the ball to Origi. Mm. It's another to- amazing assist which wins the game, you know. So it's just about luck as well, I think, for him and the fans just being a bit patient. Yeah, yeah. You know? a, a, a worrying sign for some um, was the, was the was the uh, defense defense of the set pieces in, in the last two games. Leicester mm. and West Ham, particularly Leicester, scored mm. needless free kick. I mean, Andy Robertson's again probably with Genie Ronaldo has been our most consistent footballer this season but I cannot stand needless free kicks being given away on the, right by the touchline argument that he slipped a little bit because I think the conditions were shocking against Leicester but he's given away a free kick and that free kick and then the other three free kicks that West Ham got were all very very similar very very uh, def- defended very high up uh, and caught out on four occasions yeah I mean the thing is Liverpool have set the bar so high defensively this season you know, but by the time we were getting to Christmas, people were talking about, you know, it, since since football began in 1888, hardly any teams have conceded less than this. So that's yeah, yeah, that's I, the kiss of death right <laughs> off, isn't it? <laughs> and, and this is bearing in mind, you know, six to twelve months ago, people were talking about Liverpool couldn't defend their own dinner. Yeah. Um. So you know, the, the, in general, things have massively improved. Obviously, things have looked looks a fair bit more uncertain in recent weeks. But then you look at how many injuries they've had defensively. When was the last time Liverpool named the same back yeah. four, back five in consecutive yeah. games? It must be getting on for a month or two ago. So it's probably no surprise that when you've got that that 
lack of consistency in the players make it, in the players turning out week on week, there is going to be a little bit less understanding, and they are going to look a little bit shakier there. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not obviously what anyone wants to see, and I'm sure that you know Klopp and his coaches and the players will be working as hard as they can to try and eradicate this because you know obviously every game being is scrutinised and analysed to within an inch of its life now and Liverpool's coming opponents will be looking at this and saying well maybe there's a little bit of an Achilles heel here yeah, let's try and win da- you know, get free kicks by yeah, the edge of the yeah. box and put them under pressure yeah. and he seems to be Allison's feeling the pressure as well a little bit, isn't he? Becker's because he because he's there was a couple of iffy kicks against Leicester, wasn't yeah. it? Which kind of like helped kind of bring Leicester back into the get into the game during the first half. I mean, a few people have been critical of him for the the goal against West Ham. Um, he kind of got the impression almost was he maybe waiting for a foul because clearly I think it was Cater was kind of slightly blocked off. It was mm. a cute little bit of attack, of attack and play. Personally, you know, I'd I'd always like to see a goalkeeper dive even if he makes a fool of himself yeah. rather than just stand there rooted. But it was right he, in the corner. Wasn't it? it was right in the corner. It was in off the post to be yeah. fair. But. I still think he's massively, massively in credit with what he's done. Oh, for. Oh, just, yeah. just the general feeling that you have with him in goal, yeah. as opposed to what you have without wanting to throw him under the bus. Mini late or the or his predecessors, um, I've I've not got any major concerns there. By all accounts, hopefully Trent's going to be back on Saturday against Bournemouth. Obviously, the news about Gomez is a signal, and I think that that ties in to to put the point James made previously. But again, about about the set pieces because Gomez has been arguably one of the players of the season so yeah. far. Yeah, it's hugely frustrating. That can you explain a little bit about what happened to Gomez's injury that's made it now uh, an operation? Well, yeah, it's, the, the bone just hasn't healed like they thought it would. I mean, it's you know devastating, really, because obviously it's eight weeks down the down the line. He, you know, he could have had he could have had surgery straight away if they felt that that was going to be the best option. But they always try to avoid well, it, don't they? Yeah, I mean, all the all the expert advice was telling them it was just a hairline fracture, and that you know six weeks was the they said it should be back within six weeks. And obviously, I think we we knew from what Klopp had said that you know he was refusing to put a, a date on it he wasn't back in even light training that there, there was an issue and then you know finally back at back end of last week it kind of emerged that he was going to need this pr- procedure but um yeah just um, oh, it's just it's just a massive massive blow isn't it because you know he as Dan said he was so important in he the was first incredible half wasn't he? you know there wasn't season of his life really yeah, up to this yeah point, there wasn't, wasn't a better centre back combination no. certainly in the Premier League and arguably in Europe in the first half of the season than, than him and Van Dijk together and, and Liverpool just, you know, it's no, it's no great surprise that without him, there isn't that kind of that kind of understanding mm. between Allison and the the back four. I mean, you know, Liverpool, Liverpool the other night that they played, didn't they? Like a team who had their fourth choice centre half out there. Yeah. I, I don't think Matip fills anyone around him really with great great confidence. You know, he gives me the jitters just watching him, and you know, and, and obviously Milner, you know, is a fantastic professional. Um, trying to do a job at right back, but you know, he, you know, he wasn't even going to play himself. He'd been ill. He didn't even travel with the team to to London because, you know, he he, he hadn't trained. So, you know, they, for both of the last games, the, the preparations have been far from ideal. I mean, I, I don't even think Van Dijk's looked the same player the last couple of games. But then he, you know, Klopp said the other night he's lost four kilos because, you know, he didn't train for four days after they came back from Dubai. Um, so it has been, you know, people say, oh, you're looking for excuses, West Ham. You know, yeah, West Ham had lots of players missing the other night as well. But there are, there are reasons why Liverpool's performance levels have dropped off. Well, they were, West Ham certainly took the game to them, didn't they? And I think they pressed them very, very highly. And I think if you press any team for that amount of time, you're going to force mistakes. I think there was always likely to be a bit of a reaction from West Ham as well, because you know, the, until like the last month or so, they've been having a fairly decent season, kind of, you know, 
lower top half of the table. Then obviously they had a humiliating FA Cup exit at uh, AFC Wimbledon, lost a couple of league games quite heavily. They've spent a lot of money. They've got you know, a decent manager, you know, a Premier League winning manager in Pellegrini. So I think there was always like to be a little bit of a reaction. Just going back to James, you know, the point we've been making again about the injuries and stuff and how it that kind of thing will always have an impact on results. Look at Manchester. Look at Man City when they were missing Fernandinho for a couple yeah, of games, yeah, ended up yeah. losing three out of four. Yeah. That's even to the the best of teams with the strongest squads. It can happen, and that's why everyone just needs to kind of just hold the nerve and not let their heads fall off. Well, can you imagine, Ick, even if we do, if if you know everything being touched, that's even slightly wooden. If we <laughs> touch wood enough, and we do get to the end of the season, and we get a Premiership for the first time in almost thirty years, thirty years. What an accomplishment it would be looking back to where we are now and how many times we've patched up this team with players playing out of position, players covering for injured players, a squad that's barely anywhere the size of Manchester City's. It will be an incredible um, accomplishment. Not that I'm saying I don't even want to judge that, but just the way that they've been patching the team up has been incredible, hasn't it? It'd be a great DVD, wouldn't it? It'd be an amazing <laughs> DVD, wouldn't it? I'd buy that. I'll do the voiceover. <laughs> it's January. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll, just, I'll come back to you on this, Keith, as well. Um, uh, some positive news, for, certainly for the front three. I mean, Mane's been holding things together fantastically well, hasn't he? But great news that the Egyptian uh, FA uh, are not um, including Mohamed Salah in the March fixtures in the African Nations Cup, which means he'll be free to play for us. Yeah, that's massive, isn't it, really? Keeping those three together. Yeah, especially because, you know, Touchwood as well, they've really been... They've kept fit all season, haven't yeah. they? So we haven't had to worry. I know the goals haven't been coming in the last couple of games. We could have scored more and they don't look as fluid as they possibly have been. But I think that's been the case all season. We've just been grinding out these results and then when they're on fire, they're on fire and we score like five against Arsenal and we're like the red arrows running forward. Mm. But, you know, some games were not like that, but it's still great to have them on the pitch, isn't it? So that's... that's when he's on the pitch, anything's possible. It's, it's a bit. It's been a bit of a worry. Bobby Firmino's... Um, his, his, his performances kind of for most of the season have been quite stop-starty been a bit hit and miss I mean he was you know had a, had a bit of a purple patch on about Christmas didn't he got scored his first I think it was his first hat-trick for the club yeah. against Arsenal um, I think I heard James saying a few people you know arguably his performance at West Ham was one of his least effective in a red shirt and I probably you know, I'm one of his biggest fans but I probably wouldn't argue yeah. with that I do think you know, and I think this is true for the front three to, a, to you know as a whole and applies really over the course of the season. Part of it is down to the fact that you know, we we have changed our approach slightly. There is clearly a, a, a will from the manager to kind of control games a little bit more, not just it, for it to all be about blood and thunder, heavy metal football. But the reality is, if the midfield is not functioning at its optimal best, which I think I don't think many Liverpool fans would argue that it, that it's very much a work in progress, and arguably the most the area of the team that is. <laughs> has the most challenges for us if that midfield isn't creating as much as it might then that's always going to have a knock on effect yeah, on the yeah. front three on, and it's on been, the forwards and, and, and the onus has been much more on Robertson getting down the wings and, and supplying balls and in, which Trent is going to and Gomez when they've been there which and obviously Trent they haven't Gomez, been which is going to cut out the, the, the kind of Bobby Firmino role isn't it which is getting the ball deep and bringing it forward yeah I mean I think there was times earlier this season when he was you know noticed to be playing a fair bit deeper and maybe this is all just part of the evolution of, of his game because you know I do maintain he is absolutely fundamental to the way we play I think I think he's one of the most in- clever intelligent footballers I've ever seen in a red shirt in 30 plus years of, of going the game but he's a human being he's a footballer and he is subject to the same vagaries of form and fitness and everything else like anybody else's you know his worst days are still better than a lot of other players best days Yeah, absolutely. so I've got total faith that I was thinking back actually to when I last thought he had a really bad game 
and it was I mean he might have had one before this but remember when we went to um, Sevilla and played them and they come back and scored yeah. late to yeah. equalise and I remember seeing him in the centre circle just sort of his head was dropped and I remember just thinking do something for me yeah, because yeah. he does so much like if you were and to watch and so much is expected yeah if you were to watch just him on like you know player camp for the whole game obviously against West Ham he didn't do it greatly but he's just always moving about yeah. and I feel like he, he, when he doesn't do that, it is a real, real big loss to Liverpool yeah. because we just don't seem to have that energy. Because he's he's like the Suarez what, when we had him, the front line, he, he's defending. But that's he's like an first, extra player yeah, and he's like two he's players. Like his first duty, he just wants to like win the ball back and when he doesn't do that, it has a really bad knock-on effect. Yeah, and, yeah, and he's one of those players who when he's not, you don't really... You take for granted what he does until he's yeah, not doing absolutely. it. And another player which you touched on earlier on, which we must give a mention to, is is as one of those players. I used to always say about Didier Man. You didn't really appreciate what Didier Man did till he was injured, and then well, he went, "Oh, blimey, where's yeah. those those industrious work?" And and, and uh, you know, this season in particular, Ginny Wijnaldum has been he's been a, a workhorse, hasn't he, for the side? And we really have missed him over the. Oh, well, we certainly missed him against West Ham. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd, I'd put Jordan Henderson in that in yeah. that bracket as well. To yeah. be honest, in terms of players who you don't really appreciate what you've got with them until then they're not there and yeah I think if Henderson and Wijnaldum I think Henderson I'd add to that a little yeah. caveat to that is he gets yeah. the stick yeah Ginny Wijnaldum doesn't yeah, get the stick yeah. Henderson gets so much stick yeah and I, you know I think if they if, if those two had been fit to play Liverpool win that game at West Ham because I think it, it would have just made such a big difference because you know like anyone when the, when the team sheet drops and you get the lineup confirmed that midfield, the alarm bells are ringing because you know you look at it and you go, well, okay, Fabino, he's you know he's he's really stepped up and delivered yeah. the last six seven weeks. Lallana hadn't started a league game since October. I thought he probably did as well as you could have expected yeah. someone in his position to do. Cater, and there's no way Cater would have started that game if if Henderson and Wijnaldum had been had been fit. So it was. There's it no was, way Lallana would Lallana no, would to Lallana be fair. wouldn't have either. No, and so. You know, you, you and you're talking, and then you think, well, hang on a minute, they, them three have never played together before. So it was, it was never going to be like a, you know, a, a dominant, no. controlling midfield performance, and that was that was a massive issue for Liverpool. And obviously, that has a knock-on effect in terms of talking about the front three, in terms of the service to them, and and just you know, we've talked all season about Liverpool, the, the change of approach under Klopp being more pragmatic, controlling games, showing maturity, not chasing it, and all the rest of it. But when you don't have that. You know those rocks yeah. that, the, 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 that pull the strings for you. Then you don't control games. Do you? I think the thing is, we mentioned this in a, in a previous podcast. I think the Naby Keita situation. I think Klopp would have been happy to do ex- what because what Klopp tends to do with new signs is he he, he he sort of bleeds them in slowly, doesn't he? Yeah. Doesn't like to throw them into the lines. Then with Naby Keita, he sort of had to because the, because there was such an expectancy because mm. we've been waiting for him for a season. We've been seeing all the YouTube YouTube stuff <laughs> and we wow, he list like looks great. He threw him in. It didn't really work out, but because of of our weaknesses in, in, in midfield through injury, he's never really been able to play him in the way he would have, which I think probably he would like to have brought Naby Keita on 70 minutes in, 2 nil up, go and enjoy yourself. Yeah. He hasn't really been able to do that with him. He's, every time he seems to come in, it's been diving into the into the cauldron. And for someone who looks like he hasn't found his feet yet, it can be quite a daunting task, can't it? So we have to be patient with Naby Keita. You don't pay 54 million. He knew what he wanted. He waited a year for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have to... If, if there's one thing we know about Klopp by now is he knows his players and he knows what he wants. Yeah. It's like Oxlade-Chamberlain, isn't it? The way he brought him in and he, he waited to... Yeah. Put him in at the right time. Got his got fitness him. down, got yeah. his weight down, got his fitness and up. He's done that he? with Fabino and Cater as well. Yeah. Um, it was only really, you're right, it's only really January last year that Chamberlain really started to kick on it. And I've, I've been getting this sense from Cater, certainly the last couple of games, that he's on the cusp. Yeah. He's close to kind Second of. Second half against West Ham when he felt runs. like he was, yeah. yeah. 
It's the final ball. It's the decision making. Yeah. And obviously, he's, you know, this is happening in a team that clearly isn't firing on all cylinders at the moment. Far from he it. He did. He did a run against West Ham, didn't he? But it just came together. I thought he was going to run out out the stadium down the road. <laughs> he just kept going. It's that. It's it's the final. It's the it's the final bit of decision making, isn't it? When to hold and when to pass. And it's it clearly there's a, you know the, the pace of the game. By all accounts, there wasn't there something earlier in the season where kind of. I think there was a little bit of a disappointment from the club's behalf that he wasn't maybe as far on with his English as he might have been, yeah. having had a, had a year to prepare and stuff. I just think the expectation levels have been huge because you know we all remember it, all through the summer before last that was talked about. Then finally, towards the end of the, I think it was the day after we beat Arsenal four 0 it was confirmed he was coming, but not till next year. So we've all had. So there's been a year, not just for us, but for him as well, for it to build and build and build yeah. in his head. Whereas if he just signed and come straight away, I think. That kind of pressure would have been a bit less on And him. he's walked into a club where I've heard from lots of ex pros when you walk into Liverpool, when you walk into Anfield, you feel you feel the weight of expectation yeah, straight yeah. away. Especially you when you're wearing wearing Stephen Gerrard's Stephen old shirt. Gerard's shirt, as well. shirt. And I think there was interestingly Klopp said a little it was a sort of a little Klopp dig early on in the season about Nabi Keita when he said, How's he fitting? And he said, I don't really know, he doesn't speak to anyone. And it was quite an interesting little little sort of insight into He's a quiet, a quietish lad from all accounts. He's not necessarily the most gregarious or outgoing. Yeah. That's and not a bad thing. No, and it's, you know, at the end of the day, he's here, he's here to play football, not tell jokes. Um, it's about peaking at the right time. And, you know, f- f- what, this is the four clubs, fourth full season, is it? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, certainly in those first couple of years, it was clear that kind of managing the workload and the energy players was, was something that he really needed to do. Because I think, was it 2016 17, the legs completely fell off them in January. And obviously the way he plays, even though obviously that's evolving, is very physically and I think mentally intensive as well. So it's about peaking at the right times. And, you know, we absolutely clearly hit a peak of form in December because we won eight games out of eight, which I think was a club record, wasn't it? Never won that many games in a calendar month. But it's, it's a cliche, but it is a marathon, not a sprint. And all right, it hasn't been the greatest spell since that game at City, but we've still only lost one game. Yeah, you know, City went through a bad spell yeah. and lost three or four. Now, you can make a case, obviously, with three points for a win, that sometimes you're better off uh, winning one, losing one, the than draw drawing two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But bearing in mind, this is a team that in the past has ended up losing eight, ten, fourteen league games in a season, becoming hard to beat, resolute, not wanting to give soft goals and soft games away is something that, for me personally, I'm pleased to see being instilled into this team. And you know, I think we'll come again. You know, it, it, we're still we sort of basically got a third of the season to go. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. So long to go, it's ridiculous. I mean, I read tweets before the Leicester game saying we win this, we win the league. I'm thinking, what are you people on? You've just fallen out of a tree. Only it was Do that you know what I mean? That's just the way modern football is. It, it is. is. It's they won it it's yesterday. They yeah, won it. It's yeah. not. It's not good enough. It's. It's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be now. It's got. And that, and you know, you. I heard someone on the, the radio the other day saying one of these pundits saying that the 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 pressure of the fans is getting to the players on the pitch. I don't believe that. I don't. Believe, these have been to Champions League finals. Some of these have. I've lifted the, the, the biggest trophies in world football. You, I don't, I just don't, I know there's a tension on it, but they know that that comes with it. Van Dijk was on, on, was on the radio yesterday saying that that's rubbish. We, we, we thrive on that. If you don't want to, if you don't want that, don't, you shouldn't be here. Mm. Great stats on Van Dijk, um, that he's, he, he hasn't been dribbled past uh, in Champions League football or Premiership football. Uh, in the entire season and it's coming <laughs> up to February so he's he's been a, I mean we say it every week but we might as well call it the Van Dyke couple of minutes <laughs> because the guy is just an absolute Rolls Royce isn't he what an incredible signing he's been 
yeah, just because uh, I, I feared for him when when Liverpool first signed him. Because we talk about having to wait for Naby Keita, well, Liverpool obviously had to wait for Van Dijk, and mm. and, and it was, in a position that needed it yeah, so much yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, and it was you know obviously there was all that clamour that summer. He's got to go and get a plan B. He didn't because he wanted to wait for the one that he wanted, and and then you know when you actually looked at it, well, I, I, I was I must admit I was slightly sceptical when Liverpool bought him because I thought, well, hang on a minute, you know, you look at his back, he'd, he'd had essentially what one one good season at Southampton really then he'd actually missed a lot of football before he joined Liverpool where he had I think it was like an Achilles injury um, and you thought how can, how can he possibly live up to this expectation because we're, we're all expecting this this, this this like Colossus to come in and transform Liverpool defensively yeah and instead we had a Colossus's big brother didn't we <laughs> which is just I know, and that, that's the biggest tribute you could pay him the yeah. fact that somehow he's actually surpassed you know what what we all thought we were we were we were getting and it's testament to his talents Kiva that it feels like he's been there for years doesn't it he's one of them players you feel like he's yeah. been there it's the, a testimonial the best season. thing I'll say about him what I love is just that he's always moody he's always in a mood he's always angry he always if something he'll point all your best fullbacks you want like that yeah, don't you yeah just he's so angry and we've an lacked that for yeah. so long and we've just got he's an arc and he's just like and I think his ability to shout at other players is infectious because I noticed there's a lot more shouting going on it's like he's he's in, he, he's instilled this confidence well, it's, in, in it's the old five aside shout isn't it do you know what I mean talk to each other boys yeah, yeah. and from that very first from his debut in the FA Cup tie against Everton and, you know, and he signed what well, it was announced on like I think the thirtieth or the thirty-first, but he barely had a training session. I think initially wasn't Klopp wasn't going to start him in no, that game, was he? Play, but, yeah. but then he did. And from the first half, you know, this is a new lad coming in, and you go there, you go there. He's, he's, you know, I've got a lot of time for Jordan Henderson. I think he's got a lot to offer the team and the squad as a whole. You know, as a club captain and also as a footballer. But I always kind of think you need captains all over the pitch. Yeah, um, and he is. People that show leadership, not just by what they do and what they say, but by their actions. And Van Dyke yeah, has done example, that since you? day one. And I think as well this inspired others. And I think the prime example of that would, would be Joe Gomez. Yeah. Who, you know, there's, you know, I'm not saying he's had, you know, some terrible games. You know, you could really struggle to remember the mistakes he's made on the fingers of one hand. But there have been certain games early in the season when... In some games, Gomez was almost kind of like outshining Van Dyke, mm. and it seemed like they kind of seemed to dovetail really well. I think Van Dyke, you get the impression, kind of like maybe enjoys being almost like a mentor to Gomez, yeah. and by vice versa, Gomez is clearly thriving on on his game. Lifting. I think, you know, I think such, Gomez such a, is young and impressionable enough yeah. for Van Dyke to have that effect on mm. him, where Matip's too old, yeah. and you know, like, yeah, it's a good point. Like yeah. your driving instructor says on your test, yeah. you're never going to drive better than that again yeah. you know when you pass yeah. your test so yeah. it's kind of like that he's already got his bad habits yeah. and Van Dyke's probably you know yeah that's a really good a really good point a really good point uh, and, and, and every every championship winning side every premiership winning side every Champions League winning side you look back and all the great teams all had a great middle partnership didn't they they all had great you know uh, spines spines but, but, yeah. they're, but they're two central defenders seem to be the, the sort of heartbeat of the team and, 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 and Van Dijk we've clearly got one and unfortunately at the moment we're swapping and changing the others and it's it's kind of hard to keep to keep a, a consistent level, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's something Klopp's going to have to address come the summer. I think you know, what, does he go out and spend big on another? Front oh, yeah, Bali, yeah, go get 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 him in. Yeah, well, someone of that. You know, I think you know, you, you, Gomez has been really unlucky, yeah. hasn't he? With yeah. you know, the, he's had he's had some pretty freak injuries happen. It's to quite him, an innocuous like, challenge. It was against Burnley. Yeah, wasn't it? Ben Me when they cleared him out and. You know, and you know, you think back to last season. He had the one with the the, the ankle that, that he ended up playing on with. That then that then he required surgery. That yeah. meant he missed the Champions League final, missed the World Cup. He's, you know, he obviously did his cruise ship 
in Klopp's first week, didn't he, in, yeah. the, in the job, playing for England the 20 He hasn't been lucky at all, has he? So, yeah, I mean, it, when you contrast that with Lovren, I mean, Lovren seems to get a, ver- a lot of very small problems. Yeah. You know, like he, he gets bouts of illness here and there, he gets a tight hamstring, but he misses too much football, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. I think, That's the problem. I think, you know, Lovren, there isn't, you know, if Gomez was fit, you'd, you'd say probably there isn't a better third choice centre back in the Premier League than Lovren. Yeah, absolutely. But the problem is he just misses too much. And, and I think Matip. Is is a bit flaky as well yeah. in terms of in terms of missing games and, and also when he's when he is playing like you said before he, he does give you the jitters a little bit just some of his decision making yeah. he, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a panicker isn't he and, and, and he came across when he first joined that he's going to be really cool and he's actually you'll see some of the clearances against West Ham and, I kind and of thought for a while that Van Dijk is the player that we thought Massett was going to be yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I mean I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of Lovren but I, you know James hit the nail on the head the, the problem is you can't rely on him he no. doesn't play enough games I think him and Van Dijk showed last season that they could be an effective partnership at centre back. They got, you know, they, that was the partnership that got us all the way to the European Cup final. Yeah, but the, but how many? You know, he must have missed almost half a season now, Lovren. You know, and it's the reality is the manager can't rely on him, and that that, that is a problem. Well, let's talk about fitness and injury as well, because a, a positive point, and we mentioned his name earlier on, is, is um, Oxley Chamberlain, who has has been announced in the squad for the Champions League games, which is brilliant, isn't it? I mean, we, we all clearly missed him as a player yeah. the influence he, 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 he built up in the Liverpool side leading into the Champions League games uh, and unfortunately then the game against Roma that got him injured um, but we've really missed that attack and, 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 yeah. the, and the bite and the fierceness in this play haven't we yeah yeah I think even when Liverpool have been at their best this season and during the best spells even then you've you've kind of thought there's still a room there's still room there for an Oxlade Chamberlain isn't there because Liverpool don't really have someone similar you think about the big contributions he made last season you know being so positive and direct and, 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 you know, surging through the middle and, you know, some of the assists he, he laid on as well. He, he's probably that real link between midfield and mm-hmm. attack that we're kind of hoping that maybe Naby Keita, you know, could step up and become, but it hasn't yet. Um, so, yeah, brilliant. I mean, this testament to him and how hard he's worked on his rehab, the fact that he's so far ahead of schedule because, you know, rewind back to August and Liverpool had effectively written off the entire season yeah. for Oxlade chamberlain um, But... You know, he's, he's, you know, he's, it would just be amazing to have just back around the dressing room. I think the only thing that worries me slightly is people thinking he'll come back and immediately be the player he was last April because you don't miss what be, you know, it'd be nearly a year probably um, before we see him back in a, you know, Liverpool shirt from when he first got the injury. And you think he's going to need time. Yeah. I mean, you know, hopefully he'll still be able to make a difference coming off the bench and stuff. But, but yeah, so you, you kind of think you can't expect too much from him during this running, and I think it'll probably be next season before we see him back to his best. But just having him back around, I think, would just it would just you know even seeing him amongst the substitutes for a game would just lift the crowd, and I think it would lift his teammates as well. Yeah, definitely. Would. I'd be well, happy if he just got his five appearances for the uh, the league. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be, medal. That'd be, it's be five now. I think it's five. Is it? Used to be five. about sixteen, didn't it? Yeah, they have definitely over 10 previously. Yeah, I think because Foden last year, I think I remember them yeah. trying to get him five so we could get a medal. I'm not sure if he made it or not. Oh, really? Can I be at the last five? Let's get him ready for the last five yeah. then just limp him on. <laughs> just reel him on him on them trolleys that you lift your carry boxes on. Tip him on and then tip him off. All right, listen, we've got three massive games coming up. Well, there's no such thing as a small game, let's face it, is there? Um, we've got Bournemouth at home and then a little matter of Bayern Munich. Away, isn't it? 
Home away, sorry, and then Man United, uh, who went on a who went on a great run. Still, I, can, I still see them very beatable. Man United, I've got to be honest with you. They're, great, they're clearly a, a great squad. I think defensively they've got worries though. Um, how do you think the next? Well, let's take them one by one. First and foremost, Bournemouth. How yeah. are we on injuries? Do you know what kind of lineup we're going to be putting in there? I think James will be the James man. will be the man for that one. So we start with you, James. Yeah, but I think the last I heard was that. You know, the, the two most likely to be back would be Trent Alexander-Arnold and uh, Jordan Henderson, out of the ones that are out currently. They're, they're the, they were the kind of the two that, that Klopp felt post-West Ham had a, had a chance, and obviously we'll know more about that between now and, and Saturday. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just massive now, isn't that Bournemouth game? Because I think also, because you've got the long gap then, was it 10 days? You know, he's taken them away to Spain to, for a training camp next week. I think um, you should stop taking them away. That's the problem. <laughs> so well, you, it's coming back. That's the problem. <laughs> Take the Zoxers with them this time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you know, if Liverpool beat Bournemouth, you know, that just calms everything Go down. Go away, back it? three points yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, I think everyone, everyone can just have 10 days off just, you know, and it will give the other players that are still out time to, to get back fit. And um, yeah, it just, Saturday's massive, isn't it? Because it is a huge game. It's, you know, because if, if Liverpool don't win Saturday... Then, you know the the blip as we're calling yeah. it suddenly yeah. becomes something a bit more yeah. serious because Bournemouth are no mugs, but you know let's be fair, you'd expect you know Bournemouth's away record is absolutely horrendous. Yeah, um, and also they're not the kind of they're not they're not one of them horrible teams that will come and stick you know ten players in front of, in front of the. No, they want to play. You know, they'll they'll his, come out and play. Right. There will be space to play. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just an, it's an interesting one, Kiva Saturday, yeah. isn't it? Because Bournemouth, like James has just said, they're not mugs. They're inconsistent, but they but they they've just walloped Chelsea four nil, um, they, they, and they've got you know they've got players that they, they can um, they've got great a great strike force, haven't they? They've got a, yeah. they've got really decent players now. The bigger clubs are wanting to come in for no disrespect to Bournemouth, so it's not it's it's by no means a gimme, is it? Saturday? Yeah, I think every game now is going to be like that. You know, as I think Pep Guardiola said, it's going to be the teams outside the title race that'll have the most effect on it, almost um, other than the United game, which is a big game. Um, yeah, it's. You know, it's just it. It's not. I don't feel as nervous as the last two games, almost, because we've sort of got them bad results out of our system yeah. now. If we get a bad result in this game, then there will, you know, then there will be serious repercussions and a lot of negative thoughts because there's been a lot of them anyway. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm positive we'll win. And just a quick thing on the training camp situation. I'm like my mum. My mum keeps saying, "Why do they keep taking them to like holidays and then they come back and they don't?" So they went to Dubai. Um. Trammy Rovers actually went to New Brighton to train when it was snowing. She was like, get them down the beach. <laughs> you know, because um, I think, where, what beach was it? Red Rum. He trained on, was it? Formby, was it? Formby, yeah. Southport. Yeah. Southport yeah. Beach, yeah. He used to run up to, well, Liverpool used to train said, on the sand dunes. run on good enough for uh, Red Rum. Get, wrong, yeah. get, get yeah. the Reds on. You need on. to point out the positions in the league between Liverpool and Tramby, I think. <laughs> <laughs> They've got three in the bounce as well. <laughs> it, it, but but it, it, it's it's about keeping that fitness level and keeping the team fit, isn't it? I mean, we've got, so we've got, you know, Bournemouth, big game. We get through that we enter the break where we're, we're back on top and then we've got a, a less than confident Bayern Munich it has to be said at the moment going through they seem to be problems. going through um, a difficult patch at the moment I mean the um, when the draw was made I was delighted you know for a couple of reasons A bizarrely get bearing in mind the kind of you know fantastic European careers both clubs have had we've hardly ever played them yeah. um, so there's kind of like a certain novelty value rather than the usual old suspects Marseille and PSV but also as well they do they're a good team they've got some good players but they do seem beatable um, but to, I, I don't think we can look past but you know there's, there's a long time until the European game and then obviously United 
the end of the month. <clears throat> you know, Bournemouth is the most important game of the season since the last most important game of the season and until the next most important yeah, game it. of the season. Um, you know, and I think but maybe a little bit more than most because the when we dropped points home to Leicester, which is what, eight days ago, that was the first time all season that we dropped points to a team outside the top five. Now, bearing in mind, you could argue that Liverpool, for the last 30-odd years, Liverpool's main drawback has been dropping points to the teams that they should be beating. Yeah. The fact that you know, it took to, what was it, the last, the 30th, 31st of January to drop a team, to drop points to, to a team like that shows how far we've come. Leicester and West Ham, you know, are always teams Liverpool would feel they should be beating, but... But interestingly enough, sorry to jump in, both, you look at both of their, those teams' records against City and against Chelsea, yeah, yeah. They've, they've taken points off all of them. Well, well, so it shouldn't have been really surprised they were going to bring it. But also they've got kind of like gnarly, obdurate managers that are good at kind of like putting the team yeah. into sitting, do the ugly things well. Now, you know, I, I do got a lot of time for Eddie Howe, I like, you know, like the way he goes about his business, the way he carries himself, but it, they will always look to play football in a certain way, which should, which should very much suit us. They have got, I think it was a season before, before last, they got a 2-2 draw at Anfield towards the end of the season. So it's not like you know, they've got no recent experience of what it, what it needs to take to Anfield. Well, to they're, the ones we the yard, they're the ones we but, used the, as the yardstick for, for, for when Klopp was in charge. I have a very, a very weird kind of Liverpool defence and attack. Because they had that, that was a 4-3, wasn't it? 4-3 at their place 2-0 and 3-1 up yeah, Carriers yeah. had his meltdown didn't he spilled yeah. the shot score yeah. one of many yeah, yeah. the was, was Aki yeah. scored, yeah. scored early on didn't so, so, so they're always the ones that they sort of encapsulate how we were getting it wrong weren't we great going dynamic up front shocking at the back and obviously we've tightened all that up now so, so Bournemouth a massive one as you were saying, Bayern Munich, one of these ones where we probably got them at the right time because they're going through a bit of a... Yeah. Uh, right, no, you know, the, the missing Thomas Muller, who, even though he's getting on a bit, is an absolute world-class player. You know, they've... they've Klopp being involved... Lewandowski's not shabby, though, is he? No. And, you know, they've... they've, they've Neuer in goal. You know, they've, they've, they've got some decent players all over the pitch. And, and the Klopp element, of course, will give them certainly an extra edge because there's always going to be a certain bit of rivalry there. But... Um, you know, I'd fancy us over, over over the two games against them, particularly with, you know, the second leg in, in Germany is what, like five weeks away. Yeah. So that, that's a long, long way off. And then obviously it's the big one at Old Trafford. And, you know, I have to, you know, I've had half an hour in this game for a while. See, I've been racking up win after win after win. Yeah, after done, win. you know what they're doing and now. I said aren't a few you? times, if we had to go there and they've won every single game till he since Solskjaer took charge I will be starting to flap a little bit but I was no I'm not I'm the other way <laughs> well Bernie should have won I'm where the ones to stop the run I'm where the ones to stop the run well I'd love that but me, I'd still be like that I think that, it, I think that yeah. interestingly when you look at United when, they, when you look at how they've been playing like, they start off like rockets there's no doubt about it but they definitely fatigue they definitely slow down they have done in, mm. in a lot of their matches they slow down and they sort of grind out what's going on now if you're going to slow down with our front three good luck to you but we have to be at our best and we have to have our strongest the strongest possible lineup because United regardless of the, of the dip they've been in the, the squad is, 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 is phenomenal yeah yeah. I don't think it's any massive surprise is it, that they've had this upturn in fortunes because you looked at their squad earlier on in the season and thought <laughs> so many of them had just tossed it in and under, yeah. under Mourinho and you know it'd be interesting to see what happens there in terms of him getting the job whether he, get, he gets it full time on the back of what he's done but without doubt I think that's Liverpool's toughest toughest game left this season just because I think you know that that is United's biggest game of the season now. Yeah. Trying to stop stop Liverpool winning the league and that you know the atmosphere you know will, will be akin to them them going for the title because they'll be that desperate yeah. to throw a spanner in the works. So um, that's why it's just vitally important that Liverpool get back some momentum and, and form before going there because I don't I don't think you you wouldn't want to go there on the back of another 
couple of stodgy performances no, against not. Bournemouth and and Bayern. And um, yeah, ho- just you know, Saturday's just about getting over the line. Get get just just win, regardless. I don't think the style of it. You know, I, I'm not particularly bothered about this at this stage. Just and and then and then you've got that ten day break, which I think will be valuable. You know. We talked about Lovren earlier on. Suddenly, I'm, you know, I'm thinking then, well, hang on, Van Dyke, of course, is banned, isn't he, for the first leg yeah. against Bayern? Yeah. And, of course, with Gomez, you know, yeah. we, we assumed a few weeks ago that Gomez would be back for that. So you suddenly you're thinking, well, hang on, we actually desperately need, desperately Lov- need that break. Lovren back for Bayern. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you'd be looking at Matip, Fabino potentially playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't another, patch, into- another patch-up job, yeah. isn't it? Well, that's a massive, three massive games to come. Uh, the Reds, as I say, they're all big, but these three are uh, key. For the, t- for, for the at this particular moment in time, they're all key. Uh, another massive event, of course, next week is the uh, Blood Red Live, uh, our second annual Blood Red Live. Um, it was great fun last time, wasn't it, Percy and uh, Dan? You were there, were you there, Kiva? No, no. All oh, right, thanks very much. I'll, I'll come to this. <laughs> one. Come to this one. Yeah. Got a better offer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a good night, wasn't it? Lots, lot good fun. Chris. Great night. Everyone seemed to really enjoy themselves. Yeah. I mean, it, what was it? Like a couple of weeks before the season started. So everyone yeah, was kind of full of beans, yeah. and and hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, the good results on Saturday. Everyone will be again. I've, I think it was the blood red first that, that actually was the catalyst for the performances. Well, that we, yeah, the class what Knapp always talks about. Yeah. Does he does. He yeah. said that a lot. I've yeah. nearly finished my little quiz, um, which will be available for people to take part in on the night. Hopefully, Excellent. I've managed to get all the questions right this time. Um, I, yeah, you you were so hard on yourself for that, well, mate. Come on, it was just. <laughs> That was that was basically Pedancia at its highest. That I think was got to get up pretty early in the morning to get one over Liverpool fans. Yeah, you have, you have. It's going to be a great night. It's uh, February the thirteenth. It's the day before Valentine's. So don't worry, fellas, you're not in trouble. Uh, get some uh, get some nice flowers and that you'll be sorted for the for the uh, for Valentine's. And make sure Valentine's Eve we're going to call it. Uh, great fun to be out by all. There's about five tickets left, I think, on available. Foolishly, I have one. Yeah, <laughs> come on then. Four tickets left. There. Uh, come down and join us. Incidentally, as well, I, I, I don't know whether you, how many people listen to the podcast that are on the, the Anfield Extra um, app, the Liverpool Echo app. Oh, there, get on it, it's good. It's got loads of up-to-date stuff, signings, uh, latest news, all kinds of stuff from Piercy, from Dan, all the uh, uh, the journalists and reporters uh, in the Echo we, uh, have a piece on it. So uh, get into that as well. Thank you for listening. That is about it for all of all of us today on, on Poultry in Motion. For all of you listening overseas as well, and everyone who listens to this podcast, I say this every time we do one, really, really appreciate your support, as do everyone on Blood Red, LALA and all the other. We really appreciate your support because without you, it's just us talking to each other in the room. <laughs> Um, thank you for, for, for joining us once again on Poetry Motion. Thank you to James Pierce. Cheers, Fitzy. Good to see you. And you, my friend. I'll see you next week. Uh, Kiva O'Neill. Thank, thank you. you great debut. Good yes. debut. Top, strong, top notch. Strong. Some great games there. You did really, really well. You're part of the boot room, kid. You know that. <laughs> and Dan Kay as well. Thank you very much. Always mate. a pleasure. Nice one, Fitzy. Um, we'll see you all again on the next Poetry Motion. Thanks, guys and girls. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.